Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on phone, I have Todd. Hi, Todd. I am here, ready to go. Perfect. All right. I'm not sure about Vance. He may or may not show up, but um, that's kind of the update there. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. FatAZMusky.com is the website. I believe everything is like that is in stock is updated in stock. I did have just the other day uh, an out of stock notice. I, I have that corrected on the slants. Uh, so rod holder wise, we're making some right now. Stuff is a little low, but I do have inventory. If you have a question, uh, reach out. Facebook, Instagram. I have my contacts on the website. And uh, bait-wise, online stores, uh, Team Run Outdoors, and Musky Tackle Online. Uh, check them out if you're looking to order some baits. I know it's kind of late in the season, but, you know, fall fatties and all that stuff. Uh, be sure to um, look them up there. Uh, Hogan's Hut, I'm sure... Have, they might have stuff. I don't know. I haven't even been in that store in over a year. Todd, do they? Last time you were oh, there, they still got stuff yep. up, or is it ice fishing? They they still got the uh, lures lures up. There's you know they still got a nice little selection, not a ton, but they still got some there. Uh, Donald's has. I don't think a Donald's has hardly anything, but we just have limited people that hit those uh, brick and mortars brick and mortar stores. So, but uh, there's some around. Yeah. So other than that, I mean, here, when we get through hunting season and around Christmas, we'll be starting to make some more stuff. So uh, it's just that, you know, by now, if you're a longtime listener, you kind of already know how this would, uh, how this plays out. So um, that's it for AZ. Absolutely. So Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us uh, uh, for fishing up there at Chautauqua Lake, New York. We'll be fishing up there next year again from uh, first Saturday in June this year. Or no, for, or first day of June this year, not the first Saturday. Uh, it changed that season, so opens up on a Thursday next year. So uh, we'll be fishing June 1 through Vance goes through November. See if I do anything in November next year. I sort of wrapped it up end of October. Just got more stuff to do at home and keeping my camp open. But uh, fishing in Pennsylvania early season and uh, doing some Pennsylvania fishing myself here later in the season. We got some other options there for some Pennsylvania fishing throughout the summer. Uh, we got some other guys that can, can fill in if Vance and I happen to be filled up. So, you know, get a hold of me sooner rather than later if you know when you're going to chautauqua i know my june is i mean my books are probably half full for next year and i didn't really officially say i'm opening up books because i'm still wrapping up this year but uh we'll do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish one way or the other and uh st croix rods i want to say big shout out to them i've been working with st croix now for my gosh i don't know maybe 14 or 15 years uh check them out rods for anything you want to fish for i mean i have the i have great service from those guys we really like those trolling rods or casting rods we've talked about them so many times so check out st croix rods also vic sports center and ranger boats i'd like to thank them for sponsoring what we do here our my new ranger went everything went flawless this year yeah there's a couple little things here at the end of the season i want to get looked at but uh Everything went really good. We put a season on the new Ranger and uh, check out Vic Sports Center if you're looking to look at, at looking at buying a Ranger and uh, or getting anything serviced. I know this is probably uh, a good time from now 
I know they get real busy in the spring. You know, we've had some really nice weather. So, man, if you're if you're wrapping it up, go over there and get your service done now. Uh, they usually have a little bit of time to do that type of stuff. But uh, check them out. Very good. Um, how was your aqua traction? Oh, it's, it held up great. There's been no, it, it held up really good. Like I said, I did run it through some tests. I threw a bunch of walleyes on the deck and we had a good, good amount of musky poop on there. There were sometimes there were some stains, but you know, I haven't really even cleaned it much. You get a good rain and uh, it kind of cleans itself. <laughs> it looks pretty good. Uh, very impressed. Very impressed after putting the season on it. Excellent. I mean, I don't think I really have to go down the, the whole list, but uh, that I, I generally go. But uh, if you're in our area, check out AMF Marine. The email is Nick, N-I-C-K, at amfmarine.com. That's our local dealer. And, um, you know, I guess if you're not in our area, be sure to uh, look up Aquatraction and find your local uh, representative, your dealer. And uh, it does. Yeah, it does. It does seem to be a, uh, I mean, a, a high end quality. I because I've had numerous people in my boat that have had some other, I don't know what you call it, rubber flooring or, you know, some, some stuff. Co- in competitor their, stuff. Yeah, I, I've had some other people that had some stuff in, and I have had comments like, "Wow, this looks, this looks new." I mean, which it is new. It's a year. Uh, but your but year is like. I also eight did years of a normal guy <laughs> i did 125 days in it yeah uh you know and it does it it does look new and some of them commented like how you know theirs did not hold up that way after uh you know a couple years which my my one year is most people's couple years so yeah it seems to be a very uh very good product well that's good as your season is pretty much wrapped up that that's a good little review there so, um, anyway, so, uh, I did get a, I did get a text from Vance. I think he wants to, to jump in a little bit and, uh, I'm going to get him on. So give me one second. All right. I got Vance on the phone. Hey, kind of picking up where we left off on the last show. What, what's the deal with Bubba Gump and in, in the, the shrimp trawler out in the lake? Any update Please. on that one? So update is that he's been gone. I, I haven't seen him since. Because you outed him. I outed him. I think the show outed him. And he uh, was getting threats from all our fans okay. and uh, clients. Now, Todd, you but, said that he was out there. Like, do you know anything about what that guy was doing? I have no idea, but I was going through the... Uh, I was not far from launching early the one morning and I saw him out there and, and I mean, it literally looked like a, I commented to the people I was taking that day. It was like, wow, never seen anybody running a shrimp boat on Chautauqua, but that's what it looked like they were doing. Dragging big, uh, dragging a big net. I had no idea what they were doing. I think Vance end up, you, you went over close enough to talk to them, right? No, I, yeah, I trolled up alongside of them and, um, just said that they were doing a survey. That was it. But it, there, it looks like, you know, it's just something that we need to run into those people in a parking lot 
for to to ask them like what what is this actually part of um but there's no doubt that they were there for a week week straight and they were in uh in the areas we were fishing yeah but they've 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 since disappeared yeah i saw them a couple times there and i but i haven't been up late the last week so yeah so who knows what they were they were doing a survey huh i don't know what they're going to catch in those Shrimp nets, but yeah, I was saying that they they just caught uh, like bait fish and and, um, and that bait fish, white perch, white bass, yellow perch, and then that was it. And uh, but yeah, they they left, and I feel like they sabotaged me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we discussed, they were they were sloppy seconds behind Vance, right? Mm-hmm. They they were chasing you down. Well, they were in both of the areas that like I was fishing, and then I texted Todd, and this might have been like two weeks ago, and I was like, "Did you see this thing out here? I'm like, what is this?" Yeah, and he was like, "Shrimp boat." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly what it looked like, Lieutenant Diane. And it it lit it literally looked like that on the water. I mean, they they took in a net. It wasn't like, you know, they struck gold with shrimp. <laughs> it was like the first time they pulled it in, and there was like was the a time. really gray shrimp in like a bottle cap, <laughs> in like a license plate or something. Your my like, nets, yeah. What, what, my license plate too. Yeah. Your your net, <laughs> nets my catching net, nets, transom savers, holding back three. Old convectors that took a uh, a sea burial. Uh, yeah. Shout out to the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's the anniversary for that right now. It is too. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I mean, okay. Let's talk about the Edmund Fitzgerald. I mean, there was a point in time a few years ago that my daughter and stuff, like, I kind of told them, I'm like, hey, this is the the anniversary and this and that. And they were like, well, what's that? So then, you know, I pull up, pull up on the phone and I'm getting him to bed and I'm reading him all this stuff. I think the big reason that that is kind of like, I don't want to say celebrated, but, but so notable is because of the song. I was just going to say, I know. Well, that. yeah. Okay. Well, I know. Uh, it's Gordon Lightfoot song. Yes. Yeah. That happened on the Great Lakes, correct? Yes. Yeah, it happened on yeah. Superior, about 17 miles off of where they were coming. Whitefish Bay. Whitefish mm-hmm. Bay, yeah. Well, they were trying to... If they could have got there, they would have been in much better shape than on the bottom. Well, there was there was a ship behind them that passed them after they had already sank. I think I believe it was called the Anderson. So, and it, this was a smaller ship. And the Anderson passes them and like gets into the port and is like, well, that sucked. And people are like, hey, can you go out there and help these people on the Edmund Fitzgerald? They've gone essentially radio silent. Um, Vanished from radar. It's 7.15. That's the last time he's like, you're going to, the Anderson was like, yo, you're going to have to retrieve two vessels. If, if you want me to go and do that. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So he was like, okay, yeah, that sounds reasonable. So he goes back out and they don't find 
the Edmund Fitzgerald. And uh, it was always, it always was intriguing. I don't know why it was so intriguing. I mean, Great Lake shipwrecks are a thing. They are interesting. They're unique. It's crazy that they're lakes and there's, you know, you can't see across them. So you think that they're oceans almost, but I think the Edmund Fitzgerald was something like 700 feet long. It's an enormous that, boat. I mean, now it's it, yeah. it. There are bigger ones out there, but for the right. time, it was a it was the biggest. It was a giant. It, the th- the thing essentially was coming in and grounded. So it its front they were they were carrying a very heavy. As uh, I, like I quote, twenty six thousand tons. Yep, twenty six thousand tons. Iron ore, so like a pebble thing. And so it was sitting low in the water and it is hitting these waves. And apparently when it punches down on one, it like hit the ground and folded in half, flipped, sank. Goodbye. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I th- we're, we're probably appealing to a pretty strong Midwestern audience that knows a lot more about it than just me <laughs> glossing over a Wikipedia three or four years ago and trying to think of the lyrics. Yeah. But I mean, I, I also saw something at one point on like Discovery about how they might have thought that it like the bow came out of a wave, and like the the boat can't like you can't hold the boat up in the middle and expect mm-hmm. it to like not snap. Mm-hmm. So it about and snap. Yeah. Center like maybe. But I don't know. they said they said it like hit the ground. I like think it's in floor. really deep water. It's in 500-some feet. So they're not hitting that. Well, that's a big nosedive if that thing went 500 down. That's what, that's what somebody told me. That, like, that, 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 that's a theory. That's a theory because they don't really know what happened. But this thing was so heavy and the waves were so – like 35-foot waves were spritzing on this Anderson boat. Yeah, it was like – what was it classified as like a, hur- a Great Lakes hurricane? Yeah, like 100 mile an hour winds on a cross bridge, like a 18 wheelers were flipping over over the, up there, and it said like it was like so heavy. This is just a theory. It did it, it. It like went up on a wave, came down, like plunged through the ocean, or the ocean through through Superior, and hit the bottom of of Lake Superior, and then that would be crazy. That would be like me doing that in like 12 foot of water. That's the equivalent. Like I'm going to go submersible on this one. And like, I might be, I'm, this is a theory. I just, no, no, but it's, it's a fun, I've never heard this one. Yeah. It it, it was a theory. They don't know what happened. Like it's seven 15. They said, uh, you know, they said we're holding our own. And that was the last thing they said. Because wow. yeah, initially, like something they they they, I remember like Gordon had to change the lyrics of the song because the 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 initial theory was that they didn't close the hatches like fully and it took water on, but then come to find out like something I I I'm not gonna even make, venture a guess how they figured it out and they're like oh this isn't how it happened he's like well I gotta fix this song I'm not gonna be having some <laughs> so he changed the lyrics. He turned, changed the lyrics to "We don't know, we don't know, <laughs> we true." We're just speculating here, and that was it. And I, I think what was it? Twenty nine crew members, because he said something about like twenty nine bells were yeah. were hit, and and that's I don't know why that's such a special 
ship sinking for in, in like I, a, it was it was the biggest boat but, of the you know the US fleet okay and uh you know it's also kind of like it's it's like the great lakes titanic yeah Not, i'm just going to say it's it's reveling with the 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 titanic of uh, yeah. the great lakes yeah three football fields long it's an enormous boat Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's huge, and then yeah. you know I'm sure people have seen like all the the ship comparisons. You know, you think of the Titanic, and then they're like, "By the way, this was the biggest boat back in the day. This is the biggest cruise ship." And the Titanic literally looks like oh, a it, lifeboat. It looks like a lifeboat. I've seen that photo. I just I saw that not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic. We have an orchestra. Wow, we have a complete <laughs> amusement park. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> floor, we have a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, a, a casino. And b- by the way, I know we're on the ocean, but how would you like to swim in a wave pool on a boat on the ocean? In waves, yes. One of many pools. Yeah, yeah. Oh, incredible. Yeah, we had a we had a uh, uh, Vance. You're going to remember this day. Uh, I had my uh my preacher friend with me uh i meant that was that was maybe during the day for a whole day that was maybe as rough as i've seen uh chautauqua lake with all my years being there like trying to turn the corner at long point you remember the day i'm talking about this year this year yeah it was this- because I, 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 you said I out there. I was like, I'm trying to break my. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to yeah. drop the water. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it, it was, was it, it was really bad, and I, I was thinking like these are some of the biggest waves I've seen on the lake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, for, for a whole day experience. Now, the, 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 in 2010, when that tornado came. And we were doing a tour. I was the tournament director. We were running. I was running the tournament, and we stayed. The, the tornado went through Mayville. There destroyed a bunch of stuff, and uh, I was launched at Prendergast, and I had to turn the corner, and that was insane. But the tornado mm-hmm. was already gone. But it, it was. But they were like rollers. It, it, that reminded me of uh, a Lake Erie day with those big rollers, which I've never seen those on the lake. But I also never saw a tornado suck a bunch of water out of the lake and change. Mm-hmm. But that it was it was it, <laughs> it it was rough. Like I I I did I did the turn. I kind of felt a little bit like the what's that fishing movie they did when they're deadliest catch. Yeah, the the, 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 or, the uh, uh, not the perfect storm. Perfect storm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. Because <laughs> I was like, we might be able to tuck in over into this bay, and I got out into I got out into there, and. uh when I was the case. He put his hand across his throat. He's like, done. I'm done. They're not going to do this. I was like, okay, I got to get turned here. And I'll tell you, there was, was some big waves. Did it? Did you think you were going to do like a somersault? <laughs> like oh, flip? I, I got her, when I turned sideways, it, it, it was, <laughs> it was real. I mean, I, I wasn't nervous. I knew the uh, ranger was not going to sink, but, uh, it was in the point of 
turn is like we gotta I, I gotta turn, man. Yeah. I am committed. I'm gonna drop the hammer. I'm gonna do this in a second. And I got you... rocks out. <laughs> yeah. They're out of the water. Did you also scream at him and say, I always find the fish that is famous from that movie? Yeah. yeah. Like, I always find the fish. Like <laughs> uh that was bad. We had we had a couple days of that huge wind, and uh, I told you I was, like I, I would text you. I was like, I went north. Horrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I, and I mean, I don't know if I responded. My 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 response in my head was just to send a question mark. Like, what what would what did you do that for today? <laughs> <laughs> I had a gut feeling, you know. <laughs> we could stay I behind wasted, this peninsula. I wasted, I wasted like a, a terrible amount of gas trying to get up there. It was, and then your parents like, I can't. <laughs> I always find fish, but I can't fish for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just a bad decision. And then I like immediately motored back down. <laughs> right back down to where we were, yeah. But yeah. We'll get out. I mean, that's the... The nice thing about, you know, fishing Chautauqua, no matter, even on those days, like some of those days is like, you know, that there were literally like 15 foot waves on Lake Erie. If you looked up sure. the yeah. craft warnings and mm-hmm. we can still fish. You just maybe not run north that day, uh, but <laughs> don't go all the way fish. south either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would say that, uh, North Northwest is my least favorite wind on Chautauqua Lake. Mm-hmm. What say you? Oh, absolutely, but that it, it is the prevalent wind. It is uh, coming off the lake, but I, I always think of that when it's doing that north northwest, and, and it's you know when it's like when we're struggling, like I'm not going to go up there today because it's going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here. Uh, but I always think about, can you, I'd like to even go, just go look at Lake Erie one of those days. Oh, and absolutely, like, yeah. Imagine what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah, that north-northwest really limits, uh, when, when it's kicking hard. Yeah. When when they say it's like a 15-mile-an-hour gust and it's really like a 40. Yeah. And you got and, guys on the fly fish that day. Of, that, that, of course. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, my no God. Doubt. Yeah, but it limits us to like maybe three spots on the lake, and you're just like, oh crap. Yeah, about we but, just fish dock. Mm-hmm. The, the the best part about a north wind, especially this time of year, is it brings all the warmth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not only are you fighting huge waves, white capping and spray, it's very warm. It, it, it's it's yeah. it's mild and tropical. Well, what's I mean, it's been. Uh, unseasonably warm for about a month. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that's messed with hunting. And there's kind of like a time, you know, I like, I'm just like, okay, uh, let's just make it cold here because this this sucks. Oh, you're going to get it. It's coming. It's coming. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, in the next couple of days. But we, yeah, but I mean, we, we, we talked there a while back. The first day of fall was insane. Crazy. Uh, I drove up in snow in October. 
it stayed that way for two weeks. I couldn't, uh, the one more, I didn't even have my awning in at camp. And, uh, I, I had a little bit of a hard time getting out the door. <laughs> what did it down. And I opened the door and I couldn't get my door open. I was like, what is going on? I didn't realize that it had snowed that much. And it was that wet crap, the heavy stuff. Yeah. And I, I snuck, I snuck out the door and look at the boat and there's just like 500 pounds of slush yeah. trying to get it off of the tarp, you know, mm-hmm. but then it changed. It was bad there for maybe two weeks and it turned into, I mean, it's just been beautiful. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. And you kind of just like when the fall hits, you're just like, okay, let's go. Let's get through this. Let's make it ugly. And but then when it, it gets like super nice and you get those uh, warm fronts, I it messes with some things in the outdoors. I believe if you have consistency with it, you know, then you can put something together. And we put something together, although not great. Yeah, it was yeah. a an, an absolute workhorse of the day to get the rod to go. Um, uh, but I, ju- I just wanted it to be here. Now it, it's like, okay, I'm, we're almost halfway through November. I have like 10 days left. And now I'm just going to get my butt kicked. So like the fall that I was looking forward to never came around. And no. now it's just going to hit me and make it a grueling 10 days, make it feel like it's 100 days. And... uh you know, we'll see what happens. Those are good fishing stories. You know, maybe I'll smash the boat into something. We'll see what happens. <laughs> what was, what's the water temps on? So it's the water temps are still in the 50s. Yeah. The lake is incredibly low. Hard to hard to launch low. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. bury bury your muffler low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, I've recently ripped the emblem off the side where it says Ranger because when I'm launching, it, the boat is going under the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's and and now so like today when I launched, I, I went out and I'm just like I'm not going any further because if I would step into the lake, mm-hmm. and so I I back in and it's still. Um, not completely off the trailer. I get out, I get into the boat and I have to kick it in reverse with some force also being trimmed up. Cause uh-huh. it's, a, it's about two and a half feet at, at the, the ramp right now. And, and, uh, that's, that's really, really low. I've, I've I hit my prop on it. Um, yeah, yeah. And things like that. So it's, uh, it's a low lake right now. Yeah. Well, hey, that's going to change yeah. after this uh, storm comes yeah. through. Mm-hmm. Two and a half inches tomorrow. Supposedly, I don't know. Yeah, excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't worry, it's only it's not going to be seventy degrees. So you're going to get your fall high of forty six, two and a half inches of rain, blowing wind, and then your snow coming. <laughs> I'm ready for it. You know, I'm ready to go. 
God bless you. Well, God bless you guys hunting too. You know, I mean, that's I, 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 yeah, it's, it's so terrible how I'm hunting. Like I'm going to rip on myself. That's the thing. You know, let's face it. It's pretty comfortable in the cab of the boat. There's a heater and stuff. When it's raining though, it's not fun. Like, I'll be soaked by the time I set a spread. And anytime I go to, to, to check the spread, I'll be soaked immediately. And I hate outdoor gear uh, because it's like a pain on my back to wear bibs and stuff. So I just stubbornly am in like denim and a down jacket, which are great for retaining water. And then I'm miserable for the full day. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm like, this is worth it because, you know, my back is only like half jacked rather than full jacked. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's the end of the season is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that, it's that fall weather. That's, that's yeah. for sure. But, um, so, Todd, you said you're wrapped up yeah, uh, the, in I, New York. I, I put, yeah, wrapped up. I went up and clo- I closed up yesterday. Wrapped I know. I saw up. you on camera. <laughs> you can't go anywhere now without being on camera. I know. Was special, that's, yeah. that's, that's a great pun. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, like, I know you dropped that off for me. And you're like, did you see me take a leak? I said, I'm about to. (laughs) I said, I I figured you had cameras. I didn't see them, but I was like, I'm just going right out of here. Going right here. Yeah. They're all over. When I would climb in and out of a stand at uh, any hunting property that Andy has, I always felt like I was being looked at and it wasn't by deer. You can't, you can't get away with nothing there. Like, hey, you're not pulling one over me. I thought it was no. I accidentally shot this buck. Yeah, you can't. Just... <laughs> Todd, why are you pointing the rifle at the dead deer's head? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> it's a doe now. He got, pictures of, he, got pictures, he got pictures of me. Well, you got pictures of the deer that buck that I shot. Get pictures of me dragging it out. Then you got pictures of me walking by the camera. Now I saw that when I gave you a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doe, same thing. And the doe is like I shot it. Didn't even it went like five feet, but he still got a picture of it somehow. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like that one. Mm-hmm. So I figured you had pictures. I'm glad I didn't do the other thing that I really had to do there. Uh, I just took a pee. That's all right. <laughs> And those photos are for sale on our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny because I'm like, I know exactly where Todd put that mattress. So, so okay, this needs clarified. Todd, on his way up to close up camp, stopped at my barn that I have. I have some property up in New York, and he dropped off a mattress that's going to be used for my one of the little bedrooms there for my kids. So he went to drop off the mattress. He he tucked it in nice up against the building, and then I got a photo of him walking around the building with his hands about prepped to take a leak. His, <laughs> That's 
I mean, and it's yeah. it, it, it's you don't see nothing, but you're like, the only reason I know that how that's how it went was because I've done that walk a hundred times this summer <laughs> to go pee in the exact same spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just that you could tell that's where you needed to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sports territory. Beautiful. Yeah. So. Yep. Put the boat in today. Opened everything up, getting things dried out. I got into a little rain down here fishing the other day and actually cleaned it and waxed it. Now mm-hmm. my feeling me. That's the kind of stuff that bending over gets me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so you you had your first year, you know, you said earlier that, you know, the, the, the boat ran flawless. What is what is your take on a 150 on that boat versus the 200 you had this year? Well, the 200 is a lot more fun. But there's no doubt about that. Time out. <laughs> Time, out. Time capsule thought. Yeah. Five, four, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Andy and I talking about engines. Anybody that listens to the show remembers remembers this, how we were embarrassed to talk about it with, with Todd because he said it doesn't make any sense. You still mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, now, but, but now you yeah. do it with a smile on your face. Here, here was the difference for me. Here was the, 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 the breaking point. Uh, 2018, that one, uh, the four-stroke, uh, where you went to the 200... I think it was the same motor that I have now, that Pro XS or whatever. I think they had that out. But the 150 was different. The price difference was over Mm -hmm. $5,000 horsepower. Mm -hmm. That was not – I mean, and I would say that now. That would not be worth it. The difference now is that motor that I had on the last one, the 150 is a Pro XS. Price difference was like $3,000. It was like almost ha- like half as much. Yeah, the difference was half. Yes, it was half as much <laughs> as it was. So at that point, you, your your boat has a higher resale value with maxed motor capacity. Yeah. Yes, but the I mean, you're talking about there was uh, the difference in the prices were not the same as they were back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the price of the whole thing went up about fifteen thousand dollars, but that's <laughs> the way everything went, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the kicker was not as much this time around as then. That was a brand new motor. Plus, we had twenties, which we weren't supposed to. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I have any problem with this uh, fifteen? Did well, well? What do you think about it, like performance wise? I mean, all we were just trolling. I mean, the other day I was in Pennsylvania running a little bit and I had it wide open because I was like, I don't want to troll the whole way down here. I do want to go hit another spot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, wide open's getting me six and a half, six, six and a half. Mm-hmm. But the 20 was getting me basically the same. I don't think you can just get, uh, yeah, I don't think it works that way. You know, just, there's not enough there. It did. I, I don't think the difference between, and when I had the, the 10 horse on, 
the Lund for 15 years. I, I, you know, it was like the same there too. I had, I had friends that jumped up and said, let's go. Oh, now Marines are 20. We're going to go to a 20. They, they picked up like a, a one mile an hour, maybe, you know, maybe. Just, you're just pushing. There's nothing getting anything on plane. And yeah. So yeah. basically that term I found people's call it is the displacement speed. The speed that you can take that haul to by displacing the water. It might take 90 or 100 horsepower to get the boat up on plane. And then now you have a planing speed, which is, you know, going from 12 miles an hour to 18 is like the hardest. You know, something like that. And similar to what you're experienced, I have that six horse on my boat. Now, granted, my boat's smaller, but that six horse still gets me like six miles an hour, give or take. If I just drop mm-hmm. it wide open. Yeah. And there seems to be a ceiling. Yeah. I mean, we, we have these 15 kickers and honestly, I'll bet you the 10 horse would, <laughs> would probably do the same because the 20 horse did the same. as mm-hmm. the 50. All you're doing is you're just plowing, you know? Yeah. I would say that that when, when I went to 20 to 15, I did not see any difference in speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even like, you know, going into a turn and hammering it down or something like that. There is, there was no difference. I think there's a cap when uh, you're just pushing along, you know, a a ton boat and you're just not going to see that speed. I had the same exact boat. Everything's the same. And the only difference is that motor's a little bit bigger. The, 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 the 200 and it was a 20 before it's 15 and I, I found absolutely no difference in anything that I did uh, with the 15 on this one compared to the 20 on the last one. I mean, well, what, now, now how about the 150 to the 200? Because uh, let's face it, these, from my observation, these years were uh, expensive, you know, gas is a big expense, but I didn't think you pulled any punches when it came to that because I saw you flying. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I I used more, I used less gas. Mm-hmm. I was running. I, I I was. Everyone it was like that. Oh, that pro excess is gonna. That's a lot more fuel down. Maybe it's because we're just getting there faster. Uh, I don't know, but I I felt that it. I felt I didn't use as much gas as I did with that 150. So I'm gonna. I want to bring up something uh, that that it was a theory that back when I repowered my 681 from a 70 to a 115, that there were people saying you're going to get better gas mileage with the bigger motor than the than the small motor, and the the case is that on that 70 horse Johnson, I forget like 5500 RPM or something was max on that three cylinder 70. Most people know that that motor. I, I would be wide open at 33 miles an hour. So 5,500 RPM on whatever size motor, 70 horse. But then um, when I went to the 115, it was like, okay, I can go 6,000 RPM, but I was at 3,500 RPM to do the same speed as the 5,500 RPM smaller motor. Yeah. When it actually kind of breaks down is it takes so much fuel, energy, to move the boat at that speed. It's how efficiently can you go through with it? And if you, if you're at least leaning towards that, I think I did better on gas mileage, then you have a more efficient 
system there. Even if it was dead nuts, everything was a wash at the end of the yeah. year, or even if it was a little bit worse, the fact that you're even leaning that it was better kind of validates the, I, I don't even know, I don't want to call it unproven, but the, the theory of, hey, this is, uh, there is some truth to, it takes X amount of force to move this boat, X amount of speed, regardless of how yeah. much you have in reserve. It's pretty much how you drive it. Yeah, I mean, we, we do, when we're in the, the mode all summer, what Vance and I do, it, it's Groundhog Day. I mean, every day. Every, every third day, fill up. Every third day, I go fill up. And so I did it for four years, and the last one I did it for, you know, this year with this one. And I was putting less gas in this rig than I was in the other one. Now, not a lot, but on an average, I would say, you know, a a gallon a day, you know, three mm-hmm. gallons in the three day, you know, and I'm, I did the same type of fishing. I did this. I mean, we get into situations where we're okay. We're getting down here and every morning it's a, you know, eight mile run. Uh, but I did that before too, you know, but throughout the season, really, I, I, I was surprised because I thought it was going to be, uh, of course the costs were way more, but I look at the, the, the fuel usage and, uh, I definitely use less gas this rig than I did in the other one. That's right. Cool. Yeah, and that's what I was getting to. I I think that's like it, it's interesting. It, it messes with the mind a little bit, but um, it just like almost like the less load helped. The more horsepower helped because it was under less load and you were burning more efficiently. That was, that was cool. Taken off when you're doing those casting days where it's, you know, right where you do fire it up 20 times during the day to run here, or run there, or do that. Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 this one was instantly on plane, whether it had mm-hmm. two. Uh, and that's the other thing that, that that's odd to me. Like sometimes I have three people in the boat, uh, other times you have one. I mean, once you get it going, I, I, it's not like I get more uh, miles per hour. Yeah, I don't think I get more miles per hour because I can hit the same miles per hour if I got three guys. And they're I, sitting, you know, I've, uh, I've noticed that too. And like that goes back to the kicker thing. It's like, okay, regardless if it's twenty or fifteen, I'm getting six mile an hour. And then regardless if it, I'm running my big motor with more people in it or not. I'm getting the same top speed. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, I can definitely tell when I got three guys with me and there's two big guys or adult, grown adults sitting behind me. I might take another little hesitation to get it on plane when you first mm-hmm. take off. But after that, the top speed doesn't, I mean, I, I don't see it changing. Even yeah. when I'm by myself, uh, it seems to only go so, so much top speed. Yeah, what do you think about that, Andy? Uh, for for basically what what does the what does the hull weigh? About twenty five hundred pounds. Yeah, just say that. It's twenty five hundred pounds. You got another five hundred pounds of motors. Probably when it's all said and done, you have a two uh, two ton machine. Mm-hmm. So you're at four thousand pounds. Whether you add two hundred pounds or four hundred pounds here and there, that's that's minimal you're probably going to have a, a more effect on water conditions 
on your top speed than actually shifting that weight around. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. This is what I know. When I had my, when I first got my 617, there was a 19-pitch three-blade on it. And I don't, I think I just had like a cranking battery in it. I, I had it stripped down, fumes in the tank. And I hit 49 one time on the lake. But, I mean, we're talking bare bones which, on Edinburgh. On, on, in what boat was that? My, my one I have now, my 617. That's fast. As that, is, that is screaming. I didn't think I could do it with a 130. But it, it hit it on the GPS. Now, mm. loaded up real world, throw in 30 gallons of gas, three batteries, all the oil, all the gear, put another guy in it. And then I, I switched the props up for not gearing for ultimate top speed. Now I'm wide open 42, 43. Mm-hmm. 43 on a good day. Let's just go 41, 42. And mm-hmm. do I have more left? I don't know. Maybe. I gave up a lot of top for a really good mid-range bite, cruise, good hole shot. And... Mm-hmm. I would say that you guys are, are thinking right on right on where it should be. Adding extra weight, there'll be a point to where you're like, all of a sudden you're starting to be like, hey, this I'm I'm noticing a slowdown, but I don't think shifting at five or ten percent is really going to do anything if the weight is properly placed. If you threw everyone in yeah. the bow, you're going to be like, this boat sucks. Right. And there's there's not like with the kicker on the one side. If I have a if I when I obviously most of the time I'm taking. Our, our average trip is you have two guys on the boat with you. So I'm sitting there and just because of the way I tie up to the dock and everything, I always have the guy sit on the same side as the kicker. You can definitely feel that. Mm-hmm. Like that extra coming out of the hole on that side or the way the wind is blowing. Like I'll look back and tell the guy jump to the other seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you definitely feel that, uh, but you're talking about let's just say the the average guy we take out weighs 200 pounds. You know, you, mm. you throw 100 plus that kicker on there on that side, and there's sometimes I definitely feel that. And there's times when I've been in rough, like I did Lake Erie a couple times, and uh, my brother's a big man, and uh, I, I I had him sitting in the middle. I said sit right in the middle, Brad. No <laughs> 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 one he was on either side. He's a much bigger man than I am. And uh, <laughs> so, so, like, yeah, you notice that out of the whole shot, mm-hmm. and but it seems like regardless if we have three three hundred pounders in the boat that are sitting in the correct areas, once we're on plane, there's a ceiling. Yeah, it goes so fast. That's it. I can only trim whether it's, so- whether it's just us on the boat or there's three other people on the boat. Once we're on plane, we, we're hitting a ceiling. What do you think that is? That is just, Andy? That, that is all the power that you can put to it. And that's how yeah. fast it can go. I mean, if, if yeah. and, and some of it is, you know, thinking about the, like the example of three, 300 pounders, you know, my I'm going to pick on my boat because one of the major complaints about my model boat is my fuel tank is almost in the bow. My boat handles so much better on a quarter tank of fuel than a full tank. 
it right yeah. and it's and, and it's noticeable but it's not enough for me to be like well this thing's horrible i'm gonna go change it but it's it, are you you know let's just say you guys have a 50 gallon tank and on the, and you're taking these guys on the third day well you might be down 40 gallons at six pounds a gallon there's there's a person that you just removed from the bo- belly of the boat yeah. it it's yeah. not a visible thing that you see so mm-hmm. you know kind of laying that stuff up but really it kind of comes back to and I'm, I'm really trying to wrap a lot of things up here remember when gear man did that test with the tranks power gear and the tranks high gear and it's really yeah. yes. his force is always that force and it didn't matter the gear ratio he was still bringing the cast in within like a couple tenths of a second yeah. And and it was yeah. just it 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 this is the ultimate top speed with the powerhouse the with 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 the power plant that you have this is what it's capable of. Mm-hmm. Now of course, you throw all the load up front, you take all the load to the back, you remove a bunch of, you start swinging major components of this equation. Yeah, you're going to get a little bit different result. But yeah, you know when someone's like you know I got a ninety horse on my bass boat, this thing does sixty miles an hour. I'm like, no, don't. That yeah. 90 horse is probably going to have a ceiling 45 miles an hour on a bass, on a light, fast bass boat haul. Strip down, that's what you're going to get. And it, it kind of goes, here Here would be another example. I see people put two 99s on the back of a boat. Yeah. And they're like, I got 18 horsepower or 20 horsepower now. This thing's going to go 20 miles an hour. And I'm like, well, probably not. Because what you're going to be limited by is you're going to be limited by the prop selection you have. So you might have 20 horsepower, but you also got double the drag of the motors. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a prop. Like a single 20 is always going to be faster than two 99s. It just will yeah. be. You yeah. Got double the weight. You got all this other stuff. Um, and it's, Do you remember that photo I sent you? Of and. I sent it out. It was when I was driving home from Pima tuning. It was it was literally two nine nines. Okay, yeah, like a deep, a deep V. Mm-hmm. It was an Amish boat. I was <laughs> like, "Holy cow, this is!" I don't think you get. I mean, Andy, just correct me. You put two on there. Are you going to get more speed? You can. You can if you put the correct prop. Okay, so. If the if the motors had rev limiters, most of them don't. But the thing is, is if you go beyond the safe range long enough, the motor's going to limit itself to zero because you blew it up. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so kind of keeping that there's a ceiling involved. If you can now, like a nine nine might be able to pull. You know, it might have a nine pitch or something. Yeah. You you yeah. might get an eleven pitch for that, but that's basically a 10, 20% increase in, in what would be theoretical speed. Mm-hmm. You, you're still, you're not going to be going 18 miles an hour. It's just, you're not no. going to, you put a 20 on it. You're going to go 18. If uh, all things equal, you know, with, within reason. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're going to twist the throttles up. And I mean, unless you buy two of the exact same nine nines, you're going to have one acting a little bit different than the other. And one is going to actually be slowing the other one down, but it it might have a yeah. net positive on that. Whereas, yeah, it, it's still it's like 
Who's going to go and buy two $3,000 99s or one $4,500 20? Yeah. So it's a lot of times people just, oh, this was in grandpa's barn. He passed away. I'm going to put this on the back. Look how cool this is. It's like the guys that put like six Minn Kota Endura 30s on it. This thing's going to go fast. It will not. It's it's a DC motor. That DC motor can only spin as fast as it can. It just can't. You're just going to get there. You're going to get to three and a half miles an hour really fast. Yeah. And you're going to eat up your batteries. Yeah, <laughs> impossible to double your speed uh, with two of them on there. Like, it, what I think you will not double your speed. It just no, it, it doesn't right. it does no. not work that way. Like, yeah, I do this with this, and I do that with that. So if I put two on, I'll go twice as fast. No, I think you probably go. You'd have to. You really might pick up fifty percent speed. You might get a little more. Maybe. Um, so right, so that hypothetically, t- we've. We've talked about small boats that hardly get on plane, up to hour boats, also small vessels, uh, ocean boats that are putting twin 200s on there. Mm-hmm. Say you're in a 25 foot center console, you got t- twin 200s on there. Would you want that or would you want one 400? Give me the two screws. You want two? Yes. And, 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 and it's basically, yes, the 400 would be faster, but if you're going okay. 60 miles offshore, I would much rather have two functioning motors. And if one goes down, I'm still making it back slowly. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, that's really what it comes down to is the redundancy of, of okay. having hey I got triple 300s on the back. Cool. Now, would that, would, if a motor goes down, that is, is twin twos. <clears throat> And obviously the props spin opposite of one another. Yes. They they should if it's set up correctly, but it's not completely necessary. If one goes down and you're trying to drive on that thing, does that screw with your with your comeback in? Are you listing to the left or yeah, the right? You might be, but I in this situation you're just gonna be happy that you're coming in. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one of the, you. like, if you're out there and you're like, we still got 30 miles to go. I just threw a rod through the crankcase of this one. Maybe you trim that motor up and you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, instead of doing 50 on the way back, we're going to be doing 35. Mm-hmm. But I'm smiling because this one is still running. And I'm alive. And, and, I, and I'm alive. Yes. There's, there's sharks circling mm-hmm. the boat. In freshwater, that's not such a major issue unless you're out in the great lakes and you're a big boat hauling iron ore. Um, I, I, uh, I, I got to do that like that in August there when we did the salmon, uh, mm-hmm. nice little four day salmon trip, the, uh, twin, I think it's a 20 or 30 foot contender twin three hundreds. And, uh, when we went out, like it, it, so, so when, when we'd go out, we'd stop, he was trolling with the big motors, but it was, dang keep hours uh normal when you stop to troll like each day it would it would it was i don't know if he was doing it manually or or not i think it was just sort of doing it when when you shut down to troll uh you you know the left one would shut off and the next day the right one would run and then the next day the left one would you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so so you're not like you, you favored the right motor 
the whole time. Yeah. It has 2,000 well, hours while the left has like 300. Well, for eight hours. And it was just, it, it was switching back and forth, you know, four days. The one ran two days, the other one ran two days. And there was no, and of course, he had the same autopilot we have. So, did you, did uh, it hit the correct speed with just one motor running? For trolling? Yeah. Yeah, but he, well, we did have big, uh, he, he had to put up big drifts, drift bags, you know. Okay. Okay. To, to slow us down. And we weren't, we're, we're still, you I mean, you're not doing that much slower doing that salmon than you do muskies, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same speed we're running now, three and a half, three, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did put the drift bags out. And I think that was more boat control. Oh, if it, like when you put a drift sock out. Yeah. And, and, and you, and you like move with your, bow mount or whatever like i i haven't used one in years there's like a mm-hmm. level of like it's it feels like you got fresh tires on a car it's like this yeah. thing is this thing is hugging good now it takes yes, more it effort to move it but it's like yeah. kind of what i do with the big planer boards sometimes i like having them out because it just stabilizes the the boat it mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah, there's a lot of drag there but yeah that's the first thing we did was deploy those and we did that and it really stabilized that boat uh, that's cool. It, it, it's uh, it's it's just like neat to think about these things, um, and <clears throat> well, people try to tune their boats and, and make them faster or whatever it is. It appears to be that there is a ceiling once you're either on plane or off plane, and um, it, it it becomes. You know, for the person who doesn't understand the math of it, it's like this wonderland of I'm going to get this. I, I mean, I, I went through it the, the hard way. My my first little boat had a 9.9, nine, and I couldn't get above like 8.5. I might have hit 9, and I'm like, I just got to get on a plane. I did everything I could. I thought the motor wasn't running right, this and that. But, you know, I had no one to tell me this, and I'm like, well, I got to figure this out. Eventually, I'm like, you know what? It just isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I went from, let's just say, eight and a half miles an hour with a 10 horse. I put a 25 on it, and I could do 24. Whoa. That's a that Because I got it up on plane. Yeah, you got it up on plane. If you can get it on plane, it doesn't take, it, you know, it takes, I don't know, let's just say it would have taken 18 horsepower to put my boat on plane. Mm-hmm. Once you got it on plane, it's like, because it's it's light and it's it's a slow moving yep. vessel, it only takes a cup a horsepower, and you're like another mile or two faster, mm-hmm. and you're like boom, 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 incremental. But then you get to it, it's not linear. Once you get to a, like the speeds that you know you guys are flirting with forties and fifties, the kind of the rule of thumb is it takes five horsepower to go another mile an hour. Yeah, but but once you get up on plane, it might take like hey, this is a one to one. Mm-hmm. As you start increasing all the drags through speed, it now takes more and more power to get it faster beyond that. And interesting uh, that um, there. So obviously, we're affiliated with Vix. There's a uh, there was a gentleman that had a 2080, my exact boat, without 
the kicker. Mm-hmm. And with, I would say, substantially like less gear than we and Todd and I have to, to run a business. And um, I run a 19 pitch blade for whole shot. And uh, I've also ran a 21 pitch before as well. Um, same boat, same everything. The guy told me straight, you know, he said 63 miles an hour where I was getting like 52 on a very good day. He said 63 miles an hour. I said, that is what? I said, that's crazy. He's like, oh yeah, we had it up on Lake St. Clair. We were doing 63 miles an hour. And I said, that's, that's interesting. I looked at the prop. It was the same prop that I ran that I trialed the boat with initially. And I don't know if he was, what came to was, I I thought he was full of shit. And because essentially it was the same load, except for like 300 pounds of like guide and safe gear and, everything we need to be legal and minus a kicker that's 125 pounds. And all of a sudden he's jumping up 11 miles an hour. And I just thought that that was, there's no way I've ran that boat for five, six years. No way. It it, it seems excessive. Yeah. But that's what people talk about, you know, like when you, you know, you know, there's been legends that have told Todd that, you know, their boat went 75 miles an hour when that wasn't the truth. <laughs> and, uh, and like, it's just like, what is up with this top speed stuff? Like, it's just, it's, it's probably not real, you know, getting back to my comment of the math. Once you realize the math that everything can, like I can, I can hit with relative accuracy about what your boat should go based off of a couple hard numbers, and and there's and I've seen it on these forums. You're 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 like really really close. It, it, It should end up like, hey, give me your prop pitch, give me your gear ratio, give me your motor RPM, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. And there are times that people on these, these forums when they used to be a big thing about, Hey, I'm getting this much speed. This is what my speed is. And these are my numbers. And it doesn't take, but like a second to calculate this. You're like, there's absolutely no way that you're going 120% faster than your absolute best case scenario. Yeah. Well, something is wrong. Well, no, everything's this is that. And you start questioning it more and more. Oh, this was the the speedometer that came on the boat with like the little tube and the suction. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah, sixty three mile an hour out of out of an angler. It's just, it's just not happening unless you're trailering it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Unless it's off behind your truck. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, the kicker, the, 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 that kicker where it sits, it makes it bit like if you. If you ever, uh, like, if you look at your boat, 
when you launch, Vance, and that, I, I've seen it. Doesn't matter how big the boat is. Uh, yours is a, what foot and a half longer than mine. But, but when you when you launch like that, but if you you don't get to look at it that often, like when you walk down to it. But I've been on situations where I've pulled into a dock where I was walking towards the boat, and it's but when you launch the boat and it's just sitting there at the dock, that weight of that kicker has that boat listed that way a little bit. It does, yeah. Little little lean to the right if we're walking and, and looking straight at us. And in the back, and you can see, like, I can see a little white here. I can't see it on that side. Mm -hmm. Whatever. They don't even weigh 200 pounds. They don't, um, no. But that makes a difference hanging off of back there. Mm -hmm. every, uh, every little thing adds there. to the equation but there there is a there is a huge difference I, I i think like what like we could wrap that up with is from our boating experience is we notice it in the whole shot mm -hmm. but then once we're on plane and there's less resistance there is a ceiling that we are experiencing whether it's us yeah. Or pack down. Yep. And and a lot of this, like, you know, make make all the jokes you want. I have started stripping my boat of unnecessary things. Mm. Like w when you look at, like, I know it might only be so twenty you, pounds. So does that mean you got rid of your boat? No, because that's still necessary. The fishing tackle or what? No, <laughs> it, 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 it has. I used to take so much tackle. Now I'm like, you know, the one time my wife and I went to to troll around, I'm like, I'll take a Plano box and four rods. Yeah. I'm not going to have eight rods and a whole live well filled plus another thing over here. Do I really need this? No. And just start. Gas gauges, gas. That's not important. Hey, I made us back to the dock that day. You did, but you also thought that I did something wrong. You you just and automatically assume that, that you did. Oh, nervous. <laughs> but like <laughs> like if you want to increase your performance, get rid of the stuff you don't need. Like yeah. like this would be a big one. And I'm not about to do it because I think my batteries are still good. Keyword think. Um if you could get a 24 volt lithium, you got a quarter of the weight and the same amount of power. You know, I mean, you could literally save 150 pounds off of a couple batteries. Yeah. And that's weight that just, like, you don't even think about it. And, you know, all that weight on the transom, to, in, in order to increase your, your speed, you can either go more horsepower, become more aerodynamic, or reduce your wetted area on the hull. And part of, like, the, the jack plates and all this other stuff, you can get the leverage to get less hull touching the water, which is your Wait, biggest weighted, wetted area is weight related, just for clarity. Weight and it is more, also more, it has a setup relate too. Like where's the weight boat, at? More boat out of the water. More yeah, the wetted area is the hull that's actually still in the water. That's why when you see those bass boats flying mm -hmm. down the lake and the motor doesn't look like it's trimmed correctly. You're like, wow, that thing doesn't mm -hmm. even... That is the most efficient way of trying to lift as much haul up as you can. And you just look, and it might be the back two or three feet actually touching the water. Mm -hmm. And that's how they can get all the speed by fine-tuning the different angles and what have you. Mm -hmm. But if you can dump weight that's 
putting more wetted area. It's just I, 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 I like a lot of aspects of my life right now. I'm like, do I really need this? Like there was a time I'd go hunting with a pack and I had a hatchet. I had first aid kits and it's like I shot a deer. I'm going to go back to the truck or the barn or the house anyway. Why am I carrying all this? I'm I'm just if you don't need it, leave it. Yeah, yeah, machetes. Well, hunting, hunting is a great that, that's a great analogy, and it and, and it does relate to the to the, the boat. Uh, you know, I, I one time I went out west, and you know you're all excited for the trip, and let's go hike these mountains, and we're at you know eight thousand foot elevation in the mountains in Montana, and I was in shape back then. But it's like you start walking, and it's like, wow. <laughs> uh, and, and you got a backpack on, and I got, just like you said, I got stuff in case I got to light a fire. And, you know, got I an oxygen tank just in case. Seven and bottles then, of water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it got to the point where I would like, I, I, I'd throw a bottle of water in there. And, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to drink this some bitch because I don't want to carry it anymore. Mm-hmm. I would just fire the water down. I mm-hmm. <laughs> couple extra bullets in my pocket. <laughs> it was a lot nicer hunting that way. <laughs> to, to, that is the minimum. That That's incredibly important when you are dealing with tree line and above tree line mm-hmm. uh, hiking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can walk. Yeah, you've done tons of hiking, Vance. Yeah, I mean, like when was... you're when you're above it, like above tree line where the trees don't grow yeah. anymore because it's thin up there. Oxygen sucks. Uh, having you know a liter of water as compared to no liter of water, and you're still hydrated, and you know that you're going to get in safe and not going to yeah. die of of thirst usually because there's snow on the ground and stuff like that, but that makes a huge difference when you are walking like that and hiking like that. <laughs> yeah. You, you find out real quick when you're faced with, I, I, you know, there's like, this is a prized piece that I have. Yeah, but it sucks right now. I'm going to throw it in the ditch and walk away. <laughs> I've yeah. thought about that stuff before doing that. Yeah, fire rocket it down. Just say the hell with it, you know. Chug the water and go. Mm-hmm. Here's my knife, my backup knife. My even though I don't plan on spending the <laughs> night up here, I'm gonna pack a, a sleeping bag, a flashlight. You know, here's yeah. some and, and like, yeah, I throw a couple shells in my pocket. I got I got a light pocket knife and a match. Let's go. Yeah, let's yeah. go. And I had it. I it was much easier. Uh, just doing that and your boat's the same way every little bit could make a difference I'm sure yeah yeah just think of how how the Fitzgerald would have handled it without 26,000 tons of extra god yeah I had to bring it back around (laughs) rest in peace yeah and this was nothing against the, the men in the crew and all that stuff like that but it's still like that was a lot of extra weight. Yeah. No doubt. But it's probably a big payday. 
fuel was inexpensive for back then. But yeah, I got a, fi- a fishing story. All right, let's tell it because uh, like, we're gonna wrap it up on that. I recently, like just yesterday, we ca- we caught a large fish. Large mouth and, bass. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I'm I'm with this gentleman who's a local to the lake, and you know he wants to catch. He has his own boat. He wants to catch a big one. You know he wants to get. He wants to eclipse the Chautauqua Fifty. Very tough task to do, and um, he books me for uh, two days. And the first day was just horrible. It's the moon. You know, it was on the new moon. Or the the full moon, excuse me. And uh, the first day is just horrible. We get one fish, grind it out, and I'm just like, okay, cool. Whatever. It sucked. And I don't know what's going to happen. The second day, I I was getting fish in this area. So I was there. They just were not responsive. And so the second day comes around and I'm like, damn, you know, I don't know if I could do that again. I want to try something else. And I start trying something else and I feel horrible about it. I'm searching. I'm doing that searching thing that we always talk about. And, and, And it just turns out to be terrible. You know, if I start north, the wind was blowing out this area that I wanted to be in. So I start north and I just feel horrible about it because I hadn't been there. And the screen looked okay, but it's just still annoying. It eats at you. You're just like, okay, we're we're gonna go. Let's just let's go on chance. Let's get this done. Let's let's try it. And and that was biting me in the head the whole time. I was like, God, this sucks, screw it. I'm going to go into this area that I feel most confident in and just deal with the suck, even though it was like big wind for the majority of the day blowing into there and horrible for boat control and things like that. The wind like finally stopped, like slows down at the end of the day and the last hour of the day, uh, it's approaching the last hour of the day and, and still nothing. So two days on a moon, I've got one fish and it sucks. And I'm like, man, this really sucks. I feel bad. And and this happens to every angler. And uh, in that last hour, it laid down a bit and the, the rod went off. Boom, it hit a color that I had not got hit in like three weeks. I'm like, okay, this is something to uh, go on. You know, so I start switching everything to that color. And then another one hits, and it hits that color. And I'm like, oh, I'm on to something for an hour. You know, I'm on to some little pattern that I think that's going to save the day. So I switched to all that color, but I leave one color that was predominantly getting hit consistently throughout, you know, my say three week warm up tenure. And 
everything else is the other color. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to the gentleman. It is sun. It, the sun has crested the hill. It's over. I stayed out a little overtime because I enjoy the pre- I enjoy being with this client. It's it's a nice conversation. He understands uh, what it's all about. And I'm literally going through the that was fun. We'll do it again next year, uh, and, and you know continue to chase that goal. And I'm literally like mouthing these things and that rod goes off on that predominant color in the spot that I was getting fish and it's screaming, but it's screaming that it's screaming like in the fall, I notoriously do not know how big that fish is going to be when I'm trolling due to the sound of the rod, because I leave the drags extremely loose. I've talked about that, uh, you know, past couple of years I do that that's how I, I landed more fish when I have a tighter drag the fish tend to get off um, but if I could let them take it and you know just get entwined with it whatever you got a shot so we do that rod goes off and I'm talking about it and I think it's like a snag at this point but Starts reeling everything in. It's perfect. I'm going with the wind. I'm nonchalantly reeling everything in, just saying, yeah, you know, enjoy yourself. You know, this could be the last one of the year, blah, blah, blah. And I see it surface on on the top. I'm like, oh, it's not, not the one we're looking for, but it's all good. It's a fish. And I, I'm literally saying this. I'm saying that it's not a big fish. And I'm just like getting the other rods in and yada, yada, yada. And then the, the, the fish presents itself at like 25 feet. And I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, that is a giant fish. I tell this guy this. And he's like, oh, my God. He, he stumbles. He falls over. He gets excited. He fell over. He almost face planted. I was like, oh, shit. I really have to be more careful with my words here, but just things come out when stuff like this happens. And so we're reeling the thing, reeling the thing, and we eventually get it in the net. Boom. In the net, it's spraying like crazy. I'm like, that's a good one. It's probably going to be short. And because it had that Chautauqua build of this like huge head, huge shoulder, big belly, and then Todd, you know, like they just shrink after that. Yeah. you know they don't hit the the 50 mark or whatever it is it's like yeah you just caught a 32 pound 46 inch and i'm still like i'm getting things into like end the day and the fish is in the net and everything's like all all nice and tidy on the boat and i'm like all right we'll get this thing out of here i get in there's like barely a hook in in the lip of it and uh hit a, uh, a DK lure and uh, I, I get in there, I grab it under the gill and I start pulling. I'm like, Oh dear. I'm like, this is, Oh, Whoa. Oh, this is, a, this is something. And I pulled out. I'm like, dang, I'm like, this thing's going to be really close, buddy. And I'm feeling the weight of it, pull out the bump board and put it on the bump board, the belly. This is an old bump board of mine from back in the days when Todd and I fished the PMTT and 
I bit a hole through a sweater and it still has a, uh, the, uh, the stickers on it from, uh, you know, the PMTT and stuff when we had the, like, they first started using the, the little like color codes and stuff for the tournament. And I put it on that bump board. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, this thing is over 50 inches. And I'm like, holy crap. This, you know, this thing has potential to be 40 pounds and we weigh it 40 pounds. 51 inches, maybe a little bit better than that. And uh, last second. Dream come true. Last last light, boom. The guy uh, got his lifetime fish and then proceeded to cancel uh, the rest of his trips that I had on the book for 2023. <laughs> <laughs> was, that's not true. But it was just... Uh, it was a big fish. It was cool. It hit on the backside of the full moon. Uh, we always love those days, like in and around. And uh, this one finally came through. And it, it, I mean, just a very impressive Chautauqua muskie. And uh, I'm happy for that dude. And uh, just, I don't know. It kind of gave me the shakes a little bit. I, I but I was like shake. I was shook up because I was happy for the gentleman. And it was like, hey, I want to book these trips and I want to, I want to catch this and that, and you know, we're gonna do it this year. And I'm like, oh yeah, definitely, you know, and like, probably not, but okay, that's a really tough thing to do. And uh, it happened, and um, just uh, really, really cool story. How that happens last second, anything can happen. Stick to your gut is what that taught me and uh had a good time doing that yeah that's uh that's some story it's crazy how that last second stuff i mean we're not i'm not going to tell the story on this this show but i have a last second story as well it's not a fishing related story but um Mm -hmm. that's for another day but it's it's Mm -hmm. it's neat how it you stick to it long enough and then at the buzzer you get your shot Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. That's good. Yep. All right. I'm going to wrap this one up here. Uh, big thanks to Fat AZ Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Vix Marine, Ranger Boats, and Aqua Traction. So, anyone out there still fishing, you know, be safe. Good luck. Good luck hunting. Thanks for listening.